Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Monday, June 5th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, just a reminder that you could subscribe or follow along for free on YouTube and wherever you may be listening to your podcast. Make sure to go and do that real quick. It only takes two seconds to show some support. Go and leave me a review if you want to as well, preferably a positive one. Those are always great. And also, that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts each and every day. All right. Good afternoon, everyone, as always. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your week. I hope everyone out there enjoyed themselves with some lovely weather over the weekend, but I figured I'd go ahead and jump right into segment one following a couple of days since our last show. And with segment one, I'll be diving into my next 2023 NHL draft profile featuring none other than 18-year-old forward Gavin Brindley, who just wrapped up his freshman season with the University of Michigan, one of the most fascinating players in the entire 2023 NHL draft. But before I do that, real quick, if you want to go get all caught up on my 2023 NHL draft profiles, you can easily do so by going and checking out the YouTube channel. I have a 2023 NHL draft playlist you can easily find at the top of the screen. It's a tab right there. Uh, And I've already broken down prospects like Andrew Crystal, Colby Barlow, Gabe Perot, Ryan Leonard, and most recently up until today, Matthew Wood, who is another one of the more intriguing prospects that's projected to go uh, somewhere in the latter half of the first round. But getting into Gavin Brindley's game, as I mentioned, 18-year-old forward from the University of Michigan, 5'9", 157 pounds, one of the most polarizing players, one of the most intriguing. No one seems to be able to exactly put their finger on when he's going to go late first round, early second. Is someone going to take a stab at him in the teens? No one's really sure exactly what the upside is going to be with Gavin Brindley. But I'll tell you what, aside from the size, which is really the only knock on his game, he provides the full package that you want. The only problem is, as I mentioned, he's five foot nine, 157 pounds. And as we've seen in NHL drafts over recent years, us Blackhawks fans obviously know all uh, about Alex DeBrinkin and his slide into the second round, which worked out very well for us Blackhawks fans. Cole Caulfield is another uh, player who was kind of in a similar position a few years back and slid on down a little bit further into the first round than some folks thought. Bobby Brink is another short goal scorer who was projected as a top pick in the past couple NHL drafts. So we've seen players like this like Gavin Brindley, who do all of the right things, but sadly they just don't have the size to go along with it. And with such a you know rugged game that is being played, particularly in postseason hockey, 
that does leave you for some concern here. And it kind of feels like based on what we've seen in recent years, Gavin Brindley probably will end up sliding on draft day if what we've seen in the past continues to happen. Um, but uh, I will say he is one of the most fun players. And um, I think the way that he does a little bit of everything is certainly intriguing. And um, for the reasons I'll talk about here in a second, I, I do think the Blackhawks are going to be keeping their eye on him and where he goes come draft day. But getting into kind of his game, I mentioned he really can provide you with a full bag of tricks. He's someone who uh, skates at a very high speed. His top speed is there. The acceleration is good. He's a gifted puck carrier because of that. He can carry the mail through the neutral zone and into the offensive zone. He pairs that with uh, a really good uh, high hockey IQ and a good vision. He reads plays really well and had a very good offensive season with the Michigan Wolverines. He put up uh, 38 points, 12 goals, and 26 assists in 41 games, which is actually the eighth most among all college prospects in their draft years since 2000. So really good offensive skills. I mentioned he he has good playmaking. That's probably the best part of his offensive game, but what he's able to do away from the puck shouldn't be forgotten about whatsoever. Maybe he doesn't have the best size, but he, he plays like he's not aware of it. He's not scared of going into the dirty areas. He hustles for loose pucks, is really tenacious on the forecheck. He'll go to the front of the net. He, he's actually a pretty feisty player. There were a lot of clips that I saw where he was getting into skirmishes post-whistle, not afraid to mix it up with the big boys out there, standing up for his teammates. He plays with an edge to him, and I think that's really uh, an attribute that can't be forgotten about with Gavin Brindley. There are concerns about you know whether he can hang at the NHL level because of that size, but the effort is always going to be there. And if he can continue to gain some weight as most of these 17, 18-year-old prospects need to do throughout the years to become NHLers, I, I really do think that's going to help him. And the intangibles that he provides kind of makes him almost feel like a little bit of a safe pick here, despite there being some concerns with the size. Um, but he plays in all three zones. He always gives you good energy each and every shift. Kind of is, uh, he hasn't worn a letter at any level that he's played at so far, at least to my knowledge. But the way that he plays the game is very, um, very motivating, I would say. If, you, if you're a teammate of his and you see the energy and the intensity and the hustle that Gavin Brindley provides shift after shift, I think that's going to make you want to work harder as a teammate. Feels like someone who you can kind of gain some energy off of uh, when he's out there doing what he does. So there's a lot to like here with Gavin Brindley's game. Good playmaker, good high-end speed. I hear the word shifty basically in every video breakdown or every um, scouting, <coughs> excuse me, in every just scouting breakdown of his, the word shifty, just how he is able to dance around some defenders and the, the, the way he maneuvers out there is kind of unlike any of these prospects that I've broken down so far here on the channel. So yeah, lots to like about his game, but there are some concerns that I, I mentioned as well, not only the size, but there are some debate. Uh, there's some debate out there about whether or not his numbers were inflated by 
playing with Adam Fantilli this season. Uh, he also is one of the older players in this year's draft. I believe he had an October birthday, so he'll be turning 19 years old at the start of this upcoming season, wherever he may be at that point. Um, but other than that, yeah, lots of like with Gavin Brindley's game. It's just kind of the debate out there right now about how much upside do you truly believe he has as an offensive player? The potential is clearly there with the way he plays. It's just kind of where are you willing to take a risk on him here in the NHL draft? So kind of going over some of the rankings, uh, I mentioned there's a lot of varying opinions out there about where Gavin Brindley is going to end up or where he should slot in in terms of uh, the best players in this draft. Uh, Dauber Prospects is the one that has him the highest at 13th. He was ranked 21st by the Hockey News, 22nd by Elite Prospects, 26th by McKean's Hockey, 30th by the Daily Faceoff, also 30th by Sportsnet, and then 34th by Craig Button and 43rd by Bob McKenzie. So for the most part, it feels like he's expected to go somewhere between 20 and 30, but Craig Button and Bob McKenzie, like I just mentioned, are two of uh, the draft analysts that believe he could wind up sliding all the way into the second round, which we have seen occur in the past, as I mentioned, with Alex Dabrinkit. Getting into kind of some of his strengths and weaknesses to sum everything up, I think the compete level might be the best part of Gavin Brindley's game along with that top end speed. That's a scary combination. A guy who can fly up and down the ice wants to make an impact on each and every shift. He plays with a high intensity and provides high energy. Um, I, I think that is probably the best part of his game. He also pairs that with some really good puck control and playmaking. You know, you, you see a guy who's 5'9", a buck 60 out there, you probably think you can knock him around and he isn't too heavy on his skates, but that's not necessarily true with Gavin Brindley. He is um, a lot stronger on the puck than many give him credit for. And I talk about how he can carry the mail through the neutral zone and into the offensive zone. He does that by being incredibly agile on his feet. Yes, but he's also swift with the puck on his stick and uh, is able to make some defenders miss to find some open lanes out there. I also think uh, the, the playmaking all in all, it's kind of a, a tough thing to judge when he was playing a lot with Adam Fantilli this past season, and he does so many things right as a line mate. But I, I do think Gavin Brindley's playmaking and the vision that he pairs with it, a really good pass-first guy, a capable uh, power play guy at the left circle, I think the playmaking is really sharp as well. It's just kind of intriguing because when we think of some of the shorter players in past drafts who are projected to go this high, most of them were pure goal scorers. Gavin Brindley's kind of the first one of the bunch who is more so of a playmaker at that size than a good goal scorer. So I think that's kind of uh, an interesting difference between his game and some of the previous shorter prospects uh, in NHL drafts. As far as the weakness goes, obviously he's going to have to throw on some weight. He, nothing he can do about getting taller. He's only going to be five foot nine, but he's definitely going to have to bulk up and get beefier, especially if he wants those intangibles that he provides to be able to still uh, be successful in those areas at the NHL level. He's going to have to have grown man strength and continue to work at that. Uh, I also think he does need to develop his shot a little bit more because being a smaller guy, I know the speed is going to help him in his playmaking, but adding another weapon to his arsenal and adding a strong shot 
would really go a, a long way. He does have a decent wrister, but I think he can add some more power to his shots. And I also think he just needs to further round out his game defensively and really make sure that's uh, a focus of his moving forward because what he does away from the puck is oh so important and truthfully to me is what makes him feel like a safe bet to be an NHLer because this is a guy who for the United States at the World Juniors and even at times for Michigan he was a penalty killer and a guy who would sacrifice his body and block shots out there he's willing to put it all on the line and I think if he continues to work on that side of his game, it's only going to give him a greater chance to be an everyday NHL or at the end of the road. So to kind of wrap things up, my consensus here on Gavin Brindley, I don't see this being a trade-up option. I really would be surprised if he goes anywhere before number 19 to the Chicago Blackhawks. I really believe they could stay home and get him there at number 19, or even if they get the sense that he's going to end up falling, this could be a situation where they trade back up into the first round in order to snag him in the late 20s. The one thing I will say about Gavin Brindley, though, is he, he's, you make no mistake about it, he's a perfect fit for what the Blackhawks are trying to add right now. We've heard Chief Scout Mike Donahue say on a podcast, the three things they're really looking for are you know, a good compete level, a guy with a high hockey IQ and top end speed. It's been a very primary focal point for the Blackhawks since general manager Kyle Davidson took over. They want to get faster. And Donahue even mentioned there's some players they've already crossed off looking at this NHL draft list of prospects because they don't have that top end speed. But Gavin Brindley really does check off all the the boxes that they want. Good speed, good hockey IQ, good compete level, good energy. I mean, other than the size, there's really um, not a a whole – whole lot to not be in love with about his game. So I think he's going to be a a fascinating case leading up to the NHL draft. Do the Blackhawks take him at number 19? I I personally don't know. Um, But if he's still there in the 20s, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Blackhawks go and trade back up to get him. Maybe he won't have the highest upside of all the players available at number 19, but he is a really good organizational fit. So there certainly uh, would be more surprising selections for the Blackhawks to make than Gavin Brindley at number 19. I think he's a safe bet to be, you know, at worst, I would say a third line forward who can play on the penalty kill. He provides you with some great speed, has good offensive instincts. And at best, I think he could be a second line, 40, 50, 55 points scorer who can maybe play on your second power play unit and also can be out there on the penalty kill. Just a versatile player that any winning organization I really think would like to add. So I'm very curious to see when it's all said and done, where Gavin Brindley winds up going in the 2023 NHL draft. All right, Blackhawks fans, coming up in just a moment, I will be talking about the Seattle Thunderbirds' dreams of winning the Memorial Cup, unfortunately falling short as they were blanked by the Quebec Remparts last night. But first, I need to talk to you all about eBay Motors. And for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And it's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, make sure to head over to eBay Motors because with eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage feature and look for the green check mark to know the part will fit or else you'll get your money back. 
Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before I get into segment two, I do want to be sure to give a quick shameless plug. I'm having a lot of new viewers, a lot of new listeners here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Do me a quick favor. Make sure to go and show some support real fast. Make sure you're downloading those episodes consistently. If you're a weekly listener of the podcast, a daily listener of the podcast, make sure to be following the show and to be downloading those episodes. If you're watching on YouTube right now and not already subscribed to this channel, what are you doing? It only takes two seconds. It doesn't cost you anything to go and subscribe. And also make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. There's going to be a giving giveaway coming soon. I finally pieced everything together for this. I'm going to be announcing it later in the week. And spoiler alert, one of the things you're going to have to do to qualify for the giveaway is you're going to have to follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. So go ahead and get that out of the way right now. Make sure to go and do that real quick. I greatly appreciate all of the support. All right, segment two here on the show today. I did want to bring up the Memorial Cup final that took place last night between uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds, who, of course, roster three Blackhawks prospects and defensemen Kevin Korchinski and Nolan Allen, along with forward Colton Dock. They took on the Quebec Remparts in the Memorial Cup championship game last night. Uh, the it was kind of a crazy scene at the Memorial Cup for a couple of days there. If you all remember correctly on the last episode, uh, not only did the Peterborough Peets find a way to beat the 2-0 Quebec Remparts in their third game of the round robin, despite being 0-2, they had their backs against the wall. They pick up a win against the previously undefeated Quebec Remparts. That put them in a matchup with the Kamloops Blazers, with the winner advancing on into the semifinal. And Peterborough found a way to best the Blazers 5-4 in overtime. So that put them in a spot with the Seattle Thunderbirds in the semifinal game. Got to give some credit to the Peterborough Peets for fighting hard there and never saying die. Seattle did find a way to get the best of them, though, in that semifinal matchup, winning the game 4-1. to one. How about you, boy? Colton Dock with the game-winning goal, by the way. Thank you very much. And that advanced Seattle into the Memorial Cup Championship, where, yes, they had a date with the Quebec Remparts. Unfortunately, Leo, the dreams of winning the Memorial Cup came to a rough end for the Seattle Thunderbirds last night as they were blanked five to nothing by Patrick Waz Quebec Remparts. Not the best showing uh, from Seattle in their last game of the season, which is pretty unfortunate considering the wagon of a team that they had, how they dominated all season long. To get this far and come up just short in the championship game is uh, a little disappointing for sure, but still, of course, a heck of a season from the Seattle Thunderbirds. Nothing to hang their hat about. This was one of the best teams the CHL has seen uh, in even uh, soon-to-be future Blackhawks prospect. Connor Bedard was cheering on the Thunderbirds ahead of that game. I'm sure he had a little bias knowing that uh, three of his future teammates are on the Seattle Thunderbirds squad, of course, 
But yeah, five nothing loss. Seattle fell behind two to nothing after two periods, and then things began to unravel there a little bit in the third. Um, it, it was an entertaining start. Colton Dock was certainly feeling the energy early. He was throwing some big hits out there. Actually, took a couple of penalties in that first period, but was buzzing all around the ice. Seattle just couldn't find a way to sneak one through at any point in time, though. So. I'm sure not the way they wanted their season to end, of course, but still a good season altogether, like I said, and three very good seasons for each of these Blackhawks prospects, really. Kevin Korczynski obviously had a monster year in the regular season, 73 points in 54 games, 11 goals, 62 assists, was also plus 50 in uh, in 54 games during the regular season, went on to add 14 points, three goals, and 11 assists in 19 playoff games. Colton Dock didn't get a whole lot of action in during the regular season because a multitude of different injuries, uh, concussion, he hurt his wrist at the World Juniors, which at the time looked a lot worse than it even wound up being, but still a, a very frustrating season, I'm sure, for Colton Dock. But when he was healthy, uh, a very productive player for both the Kelowna Rockets, where he obviously started off his season and was the captain there and also for the Seattle Thunderbirds when he was picked up there late at the end of the year. In total for those two teams, uh, Doc wound up tallying 27 points, 12 goals, and 15 assists in 23 regular season games. And just like Kevin Korchinski, funny enough, he went on to add 11 points, three goal or 14 points, excuse me, three goals and 11 assists in 19 playoff games for the Thunderbirds. And then Nolan Allen was another deadline acquisition for Seattle, started off the year as like Colton Dock, captain for another club, the uh, Prince George, no, not the Prince George Cougars, uh, the Prince Albert Raiders, excuse me, so many junior teams, it's kind of hard to keep track with all of them, but Allen actually put together, in my opinion, he had a lot to prove this season, and he did just that for the Thunderbirds and for Team Canada at the World Juniors as well. Uh, chipped in for 27 points, 11 goals, and 16 assists in 57 regular season games. He was also plus 27 in 41 games with Seattle. And then how about the offense for Nolan Allen in the Memorial Cup and the WHL playoffs? He had uh, 10 points, 2 goals, and 8 assists in 19 playoff games and scored 2 goals for Seattle as well in the Memorial Cup and route to be named being named to the all-tournament team there. So uh, some good stuff out of Nolan Allen this year. Not only did I, I think he really solidify himself as a sturdy defensive defenseman, the role he played for Team Canada and also for Seattle going against a lot of the opposing team's top pairings and faring really well there. But I also thought he developed that shot of his as well this season that was evident in the playoffs. Uh, he might not ever be the most gifted offensive player, but that's not what the Blackhawks drafted him for. And if he can have a booming slap shot back there and, you know, be a, a decent goal scorer from time to time, that's only going to be an added bonus and give him a greater chance of uh, being a, a consistent force on the back end for the Blackhawks. So I thought all three of these players had really solid seasons and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see where they end up in the fall this upcoming year for Kevin Korchinski. He's probably the one that Blackhawks fans are focused on the most and, the one that has a little bit of of a more unpredictable path leading up to this next season. There's been a lot of debate recently about whether Kevin Korchinski should make the jump to the NHL level or should he remain with the Seattle Thunderbirds for another year. And going back to January, February, March, I personally was all aboard Kevin Korchinski making the jump to the NHL level next year. 
But then as I kind of thought about it a little bit more, saw how the Blackhawks roster is likely going to take shape for next season. We heard some things from Kyle Davidson as well. Uh, I also had Charlie Romeliotis on from NBC Sports Chicago, of course, and he kind of talked to me more about this decision a little bit and just kind of uh, uh, after hearing a couple of different things, I'm a little bit more on board with Kevin Korchinski remaining with Seattle next season. I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world, but I did want to bring up that interestingly enough, Scott powers of the athletic tweeted something out today, just uh, about this very topic. And he said um, regarding Korchinski going back to Seattle Powers says, I do think the Blackhawks burn the year regardless. He'll be cheaper on his next deal that way, but I could see him playing in the world juniors and maybe returning to the WHL later in the season. If he doesn't look completely ready, I think this is a really good point to bring up. And we've, we saw this with Lucas Reichel, obviously in the Blackhawks electing to burn off his first year. They, they don't really seem to be too worried about that. If anything, it's almost like they'd rather get to get rid of those entry level contracts faster to kind of, give uh get get a better value if you will on those bridge deals around those second contracts before these guys start playing some more real games and um before they're going to start have to you know shell out more money for a lot of these guys it's a very smart move from Kyle Davidson it also kind of lets him know a little bit ahead of time where he's going to have to make some moves financially. It's not a problem for the Blackhawks now, but it very well could be in three, four, five years down the road when a lot of these contracts are coming up. But as far as, you know, Powers' comment here on Korchinski, I, I do think that makes sense too. They could give him an opportunity early on in the season. As he mentioned, they probably want to burn the year of that contract and then come World Juniors time right around Christmas, he's obviously going to be a huge anchor on defense for that club. Um, and if the Blackhawks don't feel like he's completely ready to return to the NHL level after that, they can always ship him back to Seattle to help them out with a postseason run as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening with Kevin Korchinski, but according to Powers, wouldn't be too surprising to see him up in the NHL at some point early on in the year so they can burn the first year of that entry-level deal. For Colton Dock and Nolan Allen, it's a little bit more cut and dry here. Both of them obviously were part of the 2021 NHL draft class where Kevin Korchinski was just selected in 2022. Neither of these guys, they're going to be making the jump to professional hockey this upcoming season. Uh, probably are going to be with the Rockford Ice Hogs for both of them, I would expect. I don't really see a path for Nolan Allen to be in the NHL to open up next season or even really at any point next year because of all the depth they have. Now, injuries do happen from time to time, but I think Allen still has to develop at the professional level. And then same with Colton Dock, but I will say he's a very intriguing prospect because of the size, the skill set that he provides, and also the grit and the intensity that he's really taken on upon himself these last couple of years. It feels like he's added a little bit of a mean streak to his game and has really understood how to use the size to his advantage. So I think he's going to be, um, since the Blackhawks don't have a lot of high-end forward prospects in Rockford at this point in time, I think if he plays well with the Ice Hogs, it wouldn't be too surprising to see the Blackhawks give him a shot early on in the season. But all in all, the expectation, I believe, is for both of those guys to be starting with Rockford at the beginning of next year. All right, coming up in just a moment, Blackhawks fans, don't go anywhere as I still have to get into my weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. 
All right, before I wrap up today's show, still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment here on Lockdown Blackhawks, where, of course, I answer a question from a few lucky listeners right here live on the show. And make sure, by the way, to be reaching out with your comments, whether it's down below here on this video. You can also go and slide into my DMs, feel free, uh, at Jack Bushman 2, at Talk and Hockey, at LO Blackhawks on Twitter. You can DM me on Instagram. You can email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. And I'm also posting things on the community section of my YouTube page as well. So there's a lot of avenues for you to be reaching out with your questions. Make sure to do so because I always greatly enjoy this segment week after week. The first question I wanted to get into today comes from Henry Burles, who emailed in the podcast over the weekend and asked, which prospect that you've covered do you like the best? Thanks. Very tough question. Um, I would say Ryan Leonard is pretty clear cut to me is um, one of my favorites along with Colby Barlow, although I don't think either of those two are going to be available for the Chicago Blackhawks at number 19. I think uh, Ryan Leonard is probably going somewhere inside the top 10. Colby Barlow could even sneak up to that number 10 spot as well. So I think uh, the Blackhawks would probably have to trade up to get either of those two guys. I think Gabe Perot is a very good prospect as well. Probably not going to be there at number 19 if I had to guess. Gavin Brindley, if he's on the board at number 19, I just I think he's a really good fit for the Blackhawks. Would I personally draft him? Obviously, it depends on who's still available, but there's no denying he checks off all the boxes that the Blackhawks want right now. But I would say Ryan Leonard is probably the best and the most complete prospect that I've broken down, and that's probably why he's expected to go somewhere between 5 and 10 in the NHL draft. Second question I wanted to answer comes from Jeremy Jackman, who asked, do you think there's any chance for the Hawks to sign a player like Tyler Bertuzzi? Love the show. Keep it up. Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate your kind words. Um, No, I don't think the Blackhawks are going to have a chance to sign a player. uh, I guess not a player like Tyler Bertuzzi. For Tyler Bertuzzi himself, I don't think the Blackhawks are going to be signing him. Obviously, he just, while it was only seven games, he had a very successful run with the Boston Bruins. And I think another thing, too, is a guy who's going to be hitting the open market after getting his first taste of postseason hockey. He didn't even sniff it in his time with Detroit. Is he really going to elect to go and join the Chicago Blackhawks, who are still a couple of years away from hopefully contending for the Stanley Cup again? I honestly doubt it. Um, I also don't think Kyle Davidson wants to give out the term that Tyler Bertuzzi probably wants on his next deal. So I I personally just don't think that's a good fit. Um, But what's interesting is I got another similar question to that is Dominic Pardo asked, the Hawks are going to need some grit. Thoughts? Yes, yes, the Hawks are going to need some grit. And that's certainly something they're going to have to focus on a little bit more as off seasons become a little bit more crucial in terms of adding talent to their current roster. It's not really a priority for Kyle Davidson right now. I don't expect the Blackhawks to be all that active in the free agent market. I think they could be bringing in two, maybe three forwards at the absolute most, Um, but they got some RFAs they're going to bring back. I'm sure they got some guys they want to give a bigger opportunity to, so I don't expect them to be all that aggressive, but um, I think the speed and the compete level Two things I talked about, what they're looking at in prospects. I think those are two things they're going to be looking at in the free agent market as well. Some scrappy guys who could probably play in the middle to bottom six that 
play the game the right way and can kind of be some veteran leaders for the next generation of Blackhawks that are coming up through the system. Next question is from Josh Arazu, who asked, how many points does Connor Bedard get in his rookie season? How many goals does he score? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to set expectations out there, obviously. Um, He's only going to be 18 years old, but I'm not the one that set the expectations out the roof. That's been the entire hockey world. I would say, look, it's tough to put a number on it because I don't want to set it too high. I don't want to set it too low and seem like a bum. I would say if Connor Bedard scores 60 points next year, I'd be pretty happy about that. And maybe that doesn't sound like a lot to very many people out there, especially with the caliber of talent that Connor Bedard is being mentioned in. But look, it's not an easy transition to go from the WHL to the NHL level. I know Bedard's made every jump look effortless so far in his career, but this is the jump of all jumps. And he still is a little bit of an undersized guy. Is he going to be playing center? Is he going to be playing wing? There's going to be a lot of development there. So I'm going to say if he scores 60 points, that would be a a very, if he can score 30 goals and be a 60 point score for the Blackhawks, I'd be very happy. Anything above that, I'm going to be stoked. Um, But I don't want to set the bar insanely high since we haven't even drafted the kid yet. We haven't seen him in one practice. We know the talent that he's providing, right? And we all hope he can be that type of special player. Um, I'm just not going to set the bar too high or anything ridiculously crazy. If he's a 60 point guy this year, we're on track of uh, looking good moving forward with Connor Bedard as our hopefully number one center. Um, the last question that I wanted to answer here today comes from Mary Ann Moreno, who emailed in the podcast and asked, Hey, Jack, what do you think ticket prices are going to look like next season? Are they going to be a lot more expensive than last year or somewhere around the same? Uh, they're going to be more expensive, if I had to guess. Connor Bedard is going to be uh, the biggest entertainment in, in the city when he comes here. So, um, obviously, there's been a surge in Blackhawks season tickets. Um, people have been buying them like crazy. Jerseys are going to be selling out like crazy. There's a real buzz around the Blackhawks for first time for the first time in quite a while. So, yes, sadly, as a result of that, ticket prices, I would expect to go up. Um, wouldn't be shocked to see, you know, 300 level tickets back in the eighties instead of the thirties and forties, like we've seen, or even maybe the twenties, uh, in previous years. I think a lot more people are going to be trying to go to Blackhawks games this year. Now, at the same time, the team probably isn't going to be all that much better. Connor Bedard is a special talent, but hockey's a team game. And that's in my opinion, what makes it so beautiful. One guy just can't carry you all the way through. So there, there's still going to be, um, still going to be some time until the Blackhawks are playing a winning style of hockey, but this is still an original six franchise and a great sports city like Chicago. The fans are going to be wanting to come and see Connor Bedard at the UC. So yeah, I do believe the ticket prices are going to see a pretty decent increase leading up to next season. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and smash that subscribe button, smash the like button down below as well. But more, make sure to go and subscribe to the channel so you can get the latest episode as soon as it's available each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. 
find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman too, or you can also go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talking Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.